Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content, to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation, and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy, then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The Working Experience. 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleep. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his toenails at his desk. <laughs> I can't take you anymore. I can't take you anymore. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Matty Kay. And John, and we're coming at you at a very hot time of the year. So yes. a little bit of a heat wave, Matt. How are you dealing with that? Hot time and a hot topic. Huh? Oh, how, how do you like that? Yeah, there's a segue. We how long s- did it take you to write that one? <laughs> we, got a, we got a sizzler. We got a sizzler. Mm. Um, you know what I like the term salacious. Salacious, that's right. Juicy. Sal- I like to throw that around the office. <laughs> salacious. Uh, I've been dealing with it, uh, sweating, very sweaty, very moist. I always like that word too, moist. Oh, moist. I like that. <laughs> Much like uh, Jeffrey Epstein when he found out that he was going to be charged with a pedophile ring, Talk he probably got it. very moist, moist and sweaty. 
Well, um, yeah, we are going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. We're not going to get into the whole deal. I mean, everybody knows he was arrested for uh, running an underage child sex ring. He was a pedophile. Um, made some very strange statements to a New York Times reporter uh, after he was initially arrested and served that quote-unquote sentence. I mean, he barely got any sentence where he basically said he didn't see anything wrong with having sex with underage girls, that at certain times in our civilization it was perfectly acceptable, blah, 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 the usual BS uh, justifications. Um, so we all know that, but what's happened recently is that his confidant, girlfriend, business partner, I've heard her referred to in multiple ways, Ghislaine Maxwell uh, was recently arrested, I believe, in Canada, and um, she was seen as a procurer for Epstein. Now, a question I've always had is, why in God's name would she ever get involved in something like this? I mean, maybe I'm being sexist here, but I mean, it'd be awful if anyone was involved, but it surprised me that a woman was involved in procuring uh, underage girls. You think, I, I would think she might be a little more empathetic about the situation, but uh, there are things that have come to light. No real answers, but uh, the idea that Jeffrey Epstein or the theory um, that he was linked to intelligence services, and this is through Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, and I mean, we don't know what their relationship was. You know, did they have a, you know, a platonic relationship? Did they have an intimate relationship? Was Did she do it for the money? Uh, I'm sure that. And then also, too, where did Jeffrey Epstein's money come from? That is also, um, I you know, I never really knew much about that. I just assumed he had clients and blah, blah, blah. But apparently that is very unclear as to where his money actually came from. Yeah, the um, the FBI was investigating his hedge fund and they were looking for trading records and uh, they couldn't find any, which is, you know, he had a, a billion dollar hedge fund and there were no records, which is uh, a little bit suspect, Matt. Well, what, from what I understand, and, and I'll, I'll say from the get-go, trying to do research on this is like shoveling sand into the ocean. Like you read one article and it mentions some stuff about the FBI, the financial dealings. Oh, it's, it's a conspiracy theorist wet dream. Yeah. This. And I, I've never been on Reddit before, but I went on there just to look at something. Oh, it's I, a deep, dark hole, my friend. I found it utterly useless and completely unscholastic and all that. So basically what where the starting point I could get to was that Alexander Acosta was a district attorney for Southern Florida in 2007. Epstein was grabbed for this underage sex ring. He's having sex with underage girls. He's procuring girls for other people. He gets off with something like a 13-month sentence, much of which is house arrest. He could go to his office and work. Any normal person, any average citizen, would have been in jail for decades. Wait, He's was not. that when he, he had to go to jail but then could go home at night? Was that it? Or he could, he go, could to, go home to work? Oh, or the reverse. I think he, he could, he could work. Yeah. 
And then after a while, I think he was wearing a bracelet or something. Like it was, yeah, it was the, the, yeah. I probably spent a couple of nights, and he was like, "Listen, this is not me. Right. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay at home." Right. So it's widely agreed that under any <laughs> normal circumstances, for an average citizen, this is decades in prison, if not life in prison. Uh, now, Alexander Acosta has moved on to, um, I guess, be the head of the Department of Labor in the Trump administration. And when he was being vetted for this job, interviewed for this job, or however you want to call it, he was asked about this because it was like, why did Jeffrey Epstein get off with a two-year, pretty much non-sentence, non-prosecutorial Like a little, a sentence. slap on the wrist. Right. Uh, Acosta claimed, and I believe this is documented, uh, that he was, he was told he was above his pay grade. Jeffrey Epstein was above his pay grade. He was told, and I'm quoting here, to back off because, quote, Epstein belonged to intelligence. Uh, now, I have the quote here from Acosta, which I think is worth reading, if I can call it up here real quick. Oh, that's a different article. Uh, so maybe what I'll, you're I'll, looking at is, you know, if he was involved with intelligence, then it begs the question, were these intelligence agencies, Mossad, um, the CIA, FBI, whatever it is, did they, they must have had knowledge of his proclivity for underage girls and the sex ring that he was running, and if so, did they turn a blind eye to it? Well, the, the initial, so the question is, okay, first of all, is this true? Because it's sort of like, well, wait a minute, this is the first we're all hearing about this. Uh, and Acosta obviously had to answer for this sentence. I mean, he had to sign off on this. So it was like, okay, why? All right, now this intelligence thing comes up. Okay, so you're saying Epstein was a spy. A spy for who? And like, what, what intelligence was he gathering? What was he doing? Um, now, according to the Observer, which is where I, I gleaned um, a lot of this information, they claim, sources there claim, the FBI, uh, informants get a certain amount of leeway. CIA, FBI, whoever they're working for. Charles Manson. I mean, we interviewed Tom O'Neill. There was, uh, there's a theory out there that Charles Manson was a CIA, FBI informant. And, you know, basically right. it was like the guy's a federal parolee. He's arrested multiple times. You don't need to do much to violate a federal parolee. He's always let go. Why is that? Why was Jeffrey Epstein let go? With all this evidence, he gets a 13-year sentence. Um, so, again, the, people who can provide valuable information, it's always the double-edged sword. The informant has to be almost by definition involved in criminal activities. So they're allowed a certain amount of leeway. Now, to say the FBI would allow an international child sex ring to go on uh, is, a, is a stretch. E even, you know, kind of your more liberal reporters aren't going to say that. And yes, they knew about Jeffrey Epstein's proclivities. I think after he was, uh, he pled guilty to all this, he really didn't deny it. So again, it's like, well, then what's going on? Why, if it's not the FBI, it's not the CIA, who is it? And what's, what's happening here? And this is what brings us to Ghislaine Maxwell. And, you know, talking about what well, was her... Well, just, yeah. just to, sorry to interrupt, but 
the thing about it was, is it wasn't all pedophilia. Like there were young girls in there, but girls of legal age and legal consent. But there were some mixed in there that were younger than, you know, I don't, I don't where he was in the Bahamas. I don't even know what the legal age of consent is in the Bahamas, but even in the U S it's different. Like New York, I think Massachusetts, I think it's 18, but like Texas, I think it's 16 or 15. Well, just depends on what he, state you're in. Well, he clearly violated the law though. I mean, it, you know. Oh no, no, there, there's no doubt. But my, my thing is it wasn't all, do you know what I mean? I don't know how many girls it was, but it well, wasn't exclusively underage girls. But even if they were of age, there were charges of trafficking that he had taken girls. Oh no, there was you know, sex trafficking. No, no, them. I am not, I'm not defending him in any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that. From a legal standpoint. Yes, yeah. right. Well, I get, I, he had violated the law enough uh, from a legal standpoint that he was charged and all of that. Um, and then this woman, Ghislaine Maxwell, again, friend, business partner, girlfriend, uh, procurer, according to prosecutors of a lot of these girls. Um, she is an interesting character. She was recently arrested in Canada, I believe, brought to the United States and uh, she's in, I guess, what you might call protective custody. Because, we'll, you know, Jeffrey Epstein supposedly committed suicide. But we'll get to that. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is the daughter of British media mogul Robert Maxwell. And I forget what, uh, what the company was he started. He's sort of like, a, I think, a Rupert Murdoch type character. Yeah, I think it was media or publishing or something of that nature. Right. Um, he was suspected, uh, I, I think they have very good, solid evidence, that he was spying for the Mossad, for the Soviet Union, for both, for one or the other at any given time. Uh, the word fraudster, I saw that applied in different publications. I don't know exactly what his fraud was, but he died under mysterious circumstances in 1991. So... There's a book called... Maybe she had uh, daddy issues and Epstein was uh, her, her fax daddy. Well, I don't know how old she is. I mean, I think she's sort of our age. <laughs> no, 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 she is. I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. So how does all that tie to Epstein? Well, there's a book called Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. And in there, there is a Mossad agent who... Uh, claims that Epstein and Maxwell were introduced to the Mossad by her father, Robert. Now, when we get to the procurement thing, because no, there's no doubt Jeffrey Epstein likes underage girls. He has admitted that. And, and later on, if we have time, we'll talk about this very strange meeting a New York Times reporter had with Epstein at Epstein's request. So what, what the deal was is that what this book alleges is that the Mossad were running a honey trap. They were using Epstein and Maxwell to run what is called a honey trap. A honey trap is, you know, it's an age old thing where like the Soviet Union would have this beautiful Russian uh, spy in America. She would cozy up to a senator or something like that. The senator would have an affair with her. She would get information out of him. Uh, and this worked both ways. You know, a, a lot of countries do this. Um, 
And then they would blackmail the senator or they, you know, they would take the information he had given to the woman. It usually was a woman. Sometimes it was men. And uh, and there you go. I mean, they would also sometimes if they had reason to believe that a high powered person was homosexual. And this was like the 1950s, 1960s, where it would have been a huge scandal. They would that would also be a honey trap. You know, they'd send a young man to seduce him. Um, this happened kind of recently. Remember that woman? She was yes, yes. It was a Russian, and she um, was like she was lobbying for the NRA or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was also um, that Jennifer Lawrence movie, Red Sparrow. Wasn't that uh, of that subject matter where she was a, like a, playing a Russian? Um, yeah, she was a, a lure, if you will. That was yeah, a little more like assassination right. stuff and all that, but. Basically, what they were doing was getting, uh, you know, luring these powerful men in. They have sex with an underage girl. There's pictures, there's video, and now this is used to blackmail these very powerful people. So that's where, supposedly, according to this guy, Ghislaine Maxwell factors into all of this. So uh, that's maybe going back to Alexander Acosta was what he was referring to when he was told to back off. Now, for me, the leap I don't really understand is how the Mossad is able to uh, influence an American district attorney. But Epstein was pals with Trump. He was pals with Clinton. He was pals with very powerful people. So there's also that idea that one of those Well, I think that, you know... I think Bill Clinton flew in Epstein's private jet 27 times. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a tough one. And then, um, was it is it Prince Albert? Is that who it is? Andrew. I'm sorry, Prince Andrew. Um, his interview about this. If you if you don't have a chance, if our viewers had a chance, please Google this and watch this horrific interview of. Him be, I, I believe it, I don't know if it was the BBC, if it was a London something where he was interviewed and it is like nails on a chalkboard. He just, I mean, if this guy's not guilty, I don't know what is. Well, he's a guy that the Mossad might target. Now, I don't know why him specifically or Bill Clinton or people like that, but, you know, for one country to just have weight on a powerful person in another country, I mean, Trump. This has been brought up with Trump and Russia constantly. That, well, I mean, it makes sense with Israel. You know, they're small countries, so they want yeah. to influence like the United States for their policy. Right. So they have dirt on you know Bill Clinton. They have dirt on you know the Prince Prince Andrew. You know, England's another uh, superpower. So it it does make sense. The question is, is it you know. Is it po- is it in the realm of possibility? Did that really? Do you think they would really go that far? Because yeah, to allow young girls to be exploited like that, I, you know. But also the question is, for where did Epstein get all of his money? We mentioned that in the beginning because apparently his clients have not been named. Like it's, you know, he he ran supposedly a hedge fund. Uh, and like the the own the uh, CEO or owner of Victoria's Secret, like gave him stuff like didn't he like just give him his like 70 million dollar apartment like 
There's I all this like weird stuff of like. Well, and all, you, know, you know, so it's like, okay, his money's into question. Also, how does a private citizen pull all this off? I mean, this is a huge. So, well, also the point is, if he's a financial wizard, those guys are working 18, 20 hours a day. When does he have time to do all of this and be this hedge fund wizard? Is another. And, and just logistically, like, how does he pull all of this off? Is also a big. Yeah, question. I mean, he. I mean, he. He doesn't. If he was a hedge, if he owned the hedge fund, he, and he was, he, he wouldn't really work, be working like 16, 18 hours a day. Some do, some don't. Well, but as you say, so, there are no records too. Like there's no. Right. That is the most, you know. How did he get all of this money? And, and again, if, if you, did, sorry, what were you saying? It, it's much like um, Madoff, right? So he, he falsified all those records. So if you, if you have a hedge fund, if you have a mutual fund, you, you're trading. Right. And these this is SEC, you know, you have records. So if you buy IBM, someone sells IBM to you, you can't you can make those records up like Madoff did, which is totally fictitious. But you'll once you look into those records, you know that they're falsified with Epstein. There are no trades. They're zero. There's nothing like. Yeah. How how does that. You know, that's the most damning piece of evidence is there's there. So what what is what does hedge fund do? It just took in money and then didn't invest it. So why were people giving Epstein money? That's well. And uh, I mean, if and again, this is all theoretical. If he's spying for Israel, Israel could have given him that money. If they knew Epstein was wired this way anyway and wouldn't really have a problem with it. Um, you know, the CIA has done a lot of dirty things. Oh, yeah. Intelligence agencies are not known for their moral stances. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility they would allow this to go on? No. And also, I would say this. How do you get all these girls out of the country into other countries? Like, where's the passport controls? Like, where... Where it just seems like way too big an operation for even a person with a lot of money who doesn't have any oh, official no. he, standing. He could easily, he could easily have done it. Well, I with guess his, if you with pay private jets, off. yeah, I guess if you're, you're you're paying people off like the Bahamas, Matt. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> come on, you you could you could just pay off a customs official without any problem. So all this is not to say that Epstein was not a criminal, an awful person, a child molester. Um, but it just goes to say that he was also doing it with another purpose, which brings in Gil, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and was protected on some levels. Now, another piece of the pie is the Daily Beast reports that this may have been kind of the it's sort of the chicken and the egg. That Epstein was arrested initially in 2006, 2007 for uh, you know, procuring underage girls. And he was then offered a deal by federal prosecutors because he later on showed up in a trial against, as a witness against two executives at Bear Stearns who were accused of securities fraud. Now, again... For federal prosecutors to give a guy a pass on molesting kids, 
Yeah, that's, this is just that had come yeah, back for, to bite for you. securities fraud. I know for securities fraud. That's to me is a bit of a stretch. I mean, if that came back, if that ever got out, that I mean, then whoever that was, I don't know if, if that's the FBI or whoever would. That's a lot to uh, to answer for. Um, but I mean, you know, the. Again, with informants, with uh, witnesses who turn like Sammy the Bull, Gravano, people like that, like you sort of, by definition, need criminals to do these things. But those are two very different crimes, and I, I would say Jeffrey Epstein's crimes are far worse than securities fraud. But it was put out there that you know. A- anyway, he got off. No, the- I mean it, it's it's. It's far worse. It's not even oh, well, in the yeah, same yeah. league. No, no, I know. But it was put out there. I mean, the Daily Beast, did. They, they had some information that this may have been a factor. The point is, he got an extraordinarily lenient sentence in 2007. Alexander Acosta wasn't able to provide or wasn't willing to provide much information beyond he was told he was punching above his weight to back off. You do have Ghislaine Maxwell's father's ties to the Mossad. The questions about why was she involved in any of this? I mean, what did she have to gain from this? I, I guess maybe Epstein paying her, or I assume there was yeah, financial but but even that, but like she she was rich to begin with. Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't I don't know if money factors into it, but I don't know. Uh, Epstein but, officially, but there's, I mean, what. You know, I don't know, we, to get into the circumstances where, you know, quote unquote, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, suicide. I think that is, a, there is clearly foul play. Like, there's no way, just every, like the cameras didn't work. Look at his, um, his cellmate was like this jacked up, Goomba type of guy from Westchester. He's like an ex-cop. Did you see a picture of his cellmate? I didn't know he had. I thought he was in solitary confinement. No, he had a cellmate. This guy was like just an ex-cop. Was brought up on like drug charges and I think murder. This guy. This guy could have killed ninety-nine point nine nine percent of the population with his bare hands. Well, the uh, the official. Uh, word is that Epstein committed suicide. But as you say, there's evidence that he was strangled to death. Uh, I don't think they care. When I say they, Mossad, whoever was involved, uh, he's oh, I dead. I think someone took him out. Well, that, and then it begs the question, who has that kind of influence? I mean, who is able to reach into a federal prison and murder and, and have an inmate killed? You know, I mean, it goes uh, far very, above the guards. Very- very, very powerful people. Well, and you had a lot of powerful people. Like you don't, you don't think like the the CIA or the FBI. Yeah, I know, I, I know. They could they could pull something like that off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you disable the camera. The guards walk out for a few minutes. They pay this cellmate a few bucks and promise them whatever. Um, yeah, and boom, and boom, you're dead. Well, this leads into. Uh, the first thing I ran across was uh, this article by James B. Stewart of the New York Times. He wrote about an encounter he had with Epstein that took place, I think, maybe around 2010 or something like that. It was after he had served his quote-unquote sentence. 
Um, Epstein invited him to his home in Manhattan, which apparently was the largest private residence in uh, the city of New York, which may have been what you were talking about. The Victoria's Secret guy gave it to yeah, him. Yeah, it was, it was like 70 million bucks or something. And, Epstein pretty much came right out of the gate and said he had a lot of dirt on some very powerful people, their sexual proclivities and drug use. Uh, he claimed that because of his conviction, he was a pariah, but people still came and like wanted to talk to him about their sort of confess their deeds. I guess they found they had like a kindred soul here with Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> and uh, they didn't have to feel embarrassed. Now, whether any of that is true or not, who knows? I think most powerful people would not want to be anywhere near Jeffrey Epstein for any length of time. Um, but except, for Bill, except for Bill Clinton. Do you know that in Jeffrey Epstein's apartment in Manhattan, or maybe it was in his Bahamas compound, he had a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress. What the hell? God, when you when you get into these upper reaches of society, it really gets bizarre. I mean, it God. does get bizarre. Remember the movie uh, Stanley Kubrick's last movie, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, it yeah. reminds me of that. You know, yeah, which, like the the sex, like the parties. mass sex scenes. Yeah, I, I've. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that's not true. I've read so many different accounts to say that those things. Oh, there's. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm, I've never attended any, but I guess you're so bored and you're so like you just think you can do whatever you want that you're going to do whatever yeah. you want. You know, but pretty much, yeah. Can. Well, and this was an interesting little tidbit that came out. Epstein claims, claimed at the time, that he had advised Elon Musk when Musk ran afoul of the SEC, and I remember this because I had invested in Solar City and Tesla for a time, that he released on Twitter that he was either looking for or had received private funding for Tesla. And because he's such a nut job, he announced this on Twitter. So then the SEC got involved because apparently that was in violation of some code or whatever. Um, so Epstein claims that Musk was coming to him for advice. He didn't go into specifics, but he claimed he had an email from Musk. Later on, he said it was from someone who worked for Musk. Um, then the reporter, Stewart, asked if he could speak to the person Epstein said he got the email from. Epstein claimed he talked to the guy and the guy didn't want to talk, which... Um, who knows if any of this is true? Kelly Suprizio, spokesperson for Musk, said, and I think this is interesting here. This is her direct quote. It is incorrect to say that Epstein ever advised Elon on anything. Which to me doesn't sound like a flat out no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, It okay. leaves the door open a little bit. Yeah, if she had just said, look, Elon Musk had no contact with Jeffrey Epstein about anything whatsoever. This is all blatant lie. But it's incorrect to say, as if it's like it should be characterized differently. And I think well, Elon it, Musk just doesn't want to admit anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, it, I mean, understandably, we should say. You know, and also Jeffrey Epstein was a major um, benefactor for the sciences. So he was in, you know, I think he was uh, Bill Gates, 
you know, Harvard, Yale, I mean, there are the li MIT, the list of institutions and people that took donations from him are very lengthy and very powerful, powerful people and institutions. I think MIT, a couple of months ago, they had to like publicly return some of this yeah. money, which got into all these other questions. I mean, if it was before 2007, and MIT could say, well, look, we had no idea what this guy was into. He donated money. I mean, you know, uh, if it was after 2007, and I believe some of these people were still with Epstein after two, like, weren't they still in contact? I mean, he was rearrested on new charges, I believe. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, 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 I guess it begs the question, just to take a purely objective point of view, if in 2009 I knew Jeffrey Epstein could make me $50 million because he was actually an investment genius, maybe I'd say, like, oh, you know, he served his sentence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he did his time. He did his time. Who am I to judge? He, he, <laughs> you know, he what, paid his debt to society. What am I, God? I'm <laughs> God I can judge. Uh, but, you know, when he says he has dirt on very powerful people, uh, I guess that's true. And maybe they just um, figured after a while he wasn't worth it. Like if he was going to go down, he was going to take a lot of people down if they didn't get him out of jail. Well, that's, and, that's, I think that's one of the main reasons why he was taken out. And now Maxwell, um, you know, let's see, is she going to mysteriously commit suicide okay if that like, happens i don't even know if they can justify that that's yeah i just i don't know i think she along with epstein has i think there are um irrefutable evidence whether they be pictures videos um of some very compromising situations for very, very powerful people that they do not want to get out. And I'm not just talking about, you know, bi the billionaire set. I'm talking about heads of states, oh, yeah. presidents, prime yeah. ministers. Um, I'm sure princes, you know, Saudi, Saudi Arabian oil tycoons. There are very, very damaging information and I think that, you know, you're not just talking, you, you know, you're talking about topping, toppling economies and nations if stuff like this comes out. So I think, I think she's going to be, I think someone's going to kill her. Well, I, I heard just anecdotally that she, there was some sort of bail hearing and they're like, no, 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 she's not going to be out on bail. I mean, she'd be a sitting duck, you know. Even well, well, the thing, the, well, the question is, is like, is she safer in prison or is she safer in the public? Because she hasn't been killed yet. She wasn't killed when she was free. No, which is, yeah, it's, it's surprising. You would think somebody would want to get, if somebody wanted to get. Because it, it would be a lot easier for someone to kill her, I would think. You know, just kind Some, of. You know, sometimes they play the card of, look, if something happens to me, there are videos and documents in a safe deposit. Box. That's what I. Th uh, that's what I think the card she played. Uh, well, look at you know when I watched this documentary on Bertie Madoff, so a few people at the end of it said he went into prison because he didn't want to get killed. I mean, he had ripped off some very powerful institutions. Oh yeah, 
and oh, was worried about absolutely. Mossad because he'd stolen from Jewish hospitals and things like that. A lot of people not happy with him. Um, so Epstein said, I pulled this quote. This is what Epstein said to the reporter. Uh, criminalizing sex with teenage girls was a cultural aberration and that at times in history it was perfectly acceptable. He pointed out that homosexuality had long been considered a crime and was still punishable by death in some parts of the world. So, again, this is Epstein trying to rationalize. And it, it just, like, why you would try to rationalize this to somebody is utterly beyond... I mean, to try to compare what he did to homosexuality is... I mean, these people have such a blind spot to the things they do. He later on invited the reporter to dinner with him and Woody Allen, Steve Bannon, and another <laughs> kind of powerful person. She... Steve Bannon said he'd never been invited to dinner with Epstein. I don't think he wanted to know. I mean, you know, none of this. Uh, Woody Allen's people didn't respond for comment. I mean, he kept contacting the reporter. He wanted the reporter to write his biography. And after a while, he, he felt like Epstein just wanted companionship. Like he just wanted, you know, somebody to talk to. And it, right. I mean, it, it's so again, forget, you know, leaving Epstein, what he did aside and all that, we can take it as writ. He was a horrible human being, uh, kind of deserved what he got. But again, this is this is not over. This woman is still there. And as you say, some very powerful people could be uh, having some sleepless nights until she's gone taken care of yeah, whatever. I, but you know if if she does get taken out and she had set up the if something happens to me everything gets released yeah, it's going to be so she might be protected the question is, is what's going to be really interesting is is she going to be killed right and or or is she going is she even going to be prosecuted like, is something going to happen to her, or is they just going to let her off? Or it's something like, look, uh, I get sentenced to five years, I do two in a country club, and then I go home. And right. that's it. And, and then, I, then I disappear. And I disappear. Of course, she's, she would have to be looking over her shoulder the rest of her life. I mean, oh, she would have to be going into some serious witness protection. And, her, again, her father died under mysterious circumstances. Because of his spying, yeah. frauding. I mean, when the Mossad doesn't want to... When you're... What do they call it in finance? You're an asset or a liability? Yeah, I mean, you're a liability. Once right? you're a liability, you're... Bye-bye. You don't want to bye hear... Bye-bye, yeah. Hear <laughs> That's it. End of story. All right, everybody. Well, uh, thanks a lot for listening as we delve through this salacious topic. You know, here we... Salacious. We here at the Working Experience, we don't back off. I'll put... You know, it could be that... Some very powerful people, some very powerful people do listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Matt and I are actually working on a salacious honeypot project <laughs> right now. Well, I'm saying I could be putting my life in danger because they're listening to this and saying, ooh, the working experience is getting pretty, getting <laughs> yeah, we're, pretty close. We're going to be in the news. One of the co-hosts of the working experience was, t was taken out yesterday. <laughs> he, he drowned in his own bathtub. 
And if it was me, people would be like, no, yeah. he, that was probably just an accident. He just, yeah. he's an idiot. He, yeah, he drowned in his own bathtub and he had uh, three dozen Dunkin' Donut boxes next to his corpse. <laughs> And people who know me would say, yeah, that sounds about right. That, that sounds, yeah, that's a, that's, that was an accident. That's what we figured. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll be back at you next week with some more hard-hitting topics. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.